This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to Episode 1 of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray, General Manager of the Olive Wellness Institute, an initiative to increase awareness of the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil and other products derived from nature's own ancient source of goodness, the olive tree. The Institute is evidence-based, drawing on scientific knowledge from a range of nutritionists, dietitians, scientists, doctors and academics from all over the world, one of whom is Scottish-born Dr Joanna McMillan, one of Australia's best-known nutrition scientists and dietitians. A regular on television and radio, Joanna's a presenter on ABC's science show Catalyst. So who better to ask about the nutritional qualities of extra virgin olive oil? the research behind its health benefits, and how it's synonymous with the Mediterranean diet. First, Chris Ashmore asks Joanna, what exactly is the Mediterranean diet? Well, actually, that's a really great question to start with, because I think, as with all sorts of dietary patterns, then they end up sort of meaning all sorts of different things. And of course, you know, it is not one diet. The Mediterranean region encompasses several countries and different, even within a country, there can be differences in terms of the way that people eat, particularly historically, where some people lived by the ocean, some people lived further into the hills, there were local customs and local things. But if we talk collectively about the Mediterranean diet, what we essentially mean is it's a dietary pattern that involves lots of plant food, particularly plenty of veggies, whole grains, legumes. They have nuts and seeds. They have small amounts of seafood. And importantly, extra virgin olive oil is the principal fat. So they cook with it, they salad dress with it, they use it in everything. And they have small amounts of meat, depending on the area that you're in, will be varied on how much meat they eat. And so it's a very plant-rich diet with very healthy fats and plenty of things like fibre and plenty of antioxidants that come from all, all of those different plant foods. So it's quite unique in terms of it being a particular style of eating. So what are some of the health benefits with the Mediterranean diet? Well, it definitely stands out as one of the world's healthiest diets. It's not the only one. There are other ones. But it does stand out head and shoulders above many of the way the rest of the world is eating. In terms of it reduces several chronic diseases. It reduces your risk of type 2 diabetes and gestational diabetes. It lowers your risk of various cardiovascular diseases, including heart disease and stroke. Several different types of cancer have been associated uh, reduced risk if you follow a close adherence to the Mediterranean diet, including things like skin cancer, which of course is highly relevant to us here in Australia. And that might be due to one of the components found in extra virgin olive oil. And I didn't mention brain health. It's very associated with a reduced risk of cognitive decline and even of certain brain disorders that happen as we get older, like Alzheimer's. So it seems to be incredibly anti-inflammatory in the body and through various mechanisms seems to be really good for us right from sort of tip to toe. Well, you mentioned some of the different regions with their own types of diet. If we can focus on that a bit more, what are some of the differences between the different regions in the Mediterranean? Mm. So some of the regions in the Mediterranean, and, and it's important that we stress here, this is the traditional Mediterranean diet. If you go and visit the Mediterranean region today, the diet may not be. I mean, the, the Mediterranean region, just like the rest of the developed world, is starting to struggle with obesity and chronic disease and so on. And that's because their diet too has shifted. And of course, the sort of 
influence of ultra-processed food is making its way around the entire world, including the Mediterranean. So what we're really talking here is about what's traditional to these areas. So you have some areas where they will have bread. And so, for example, Crete, which is a Greek island, is really kind of thought of as one of the main true traditional Mediterranean diets. They actually tend to not have so much pasta. They actually have more sourdough bread. So there's differences there, whereas other regions, of course, in parts of Italy that would be included as Mediterranean diet will have more pasta than bread. So there are those differences. Some areas, clearly those closer to the sea, are going to have more seafood than communities that lived further up into the hills. So there are these kinds of differences, but they do have the same commonalities. So they are all plant-rich. They all use extra virgin olive oil. And they all have, it's important to mention, it's also their lifestyle and their attitudes. You know, So they have a real importance on food and a stress about food being an important part of the day. If you've ever traveled, you know, you can go to parts of Spain in particular where nothing happens in the early afternoon. And that's because everyone at the shops all close, everyone, businesses close, everyone goes home for lunch. You sit around a table with other people, maybe your family, maybe other friends, and you actually eat lunch, you have a siesta, and then you go back to work. It's a very different culture around food. Whereas we tend to be, oh, food's not important during the day. But actually it is for our brain and for our enjoyment and pleasure with food. So we tend to sort of slip it to the lowest list of priorities and try to get through our emails and our work. And food slips away. And I think that leads to a lot of the problems that we have. So it's something about the Mediterranean diet being a really family-centric, food-centric, really enjoyable kind of, it's the lifestyle that goes along with it that seems to be important as well as the nutrition. Now, can you explain how olive oil and Mm. olive products specifically fit into the Mediterranean diet? Yeah, so this is it's probably worthwhile explaining that there is a difference between olive oil and extra virgin olive oil. And the clear distinction is not in the type of fat. It's the type of fat is the same across all those olive oil categories. So it's a fat that is dominant in the monounsaturated types of fats. And we know that those have health benefits for us, particularly in relation to our blood lipid levels and our, our risk of, of cardiovascular disease. But the big difference between the two is that olive oil has actually been refined. Extra virgin is literally the juice of fresh olives. That's the best way to think on it. And so that extra virgin is important because that's where there has been no refining whatsoever. It's literally, you know, the technology is there now to do it in a more efficient and fast manner. But the principles are exactly the same as they've been done for thousands of years. That Ultimately, it's pressing the olive and extracting the, the juice of the olive, which is fat rich. Now, that extra virgin olive oil is incredibly rich in bioactive compounds, so in biophenols that we know now to be so important for our health. So the impact on health from extra virgin olive oil is yes, from the type of fat, so the monounsaturated dominant fats that are there, but mostly the interest lies in these other bioactive chemicals that are present that we're just starting to understand more and more about. So extra virgin olive oil is more pure than plain olive oil? Yeah, so olive oil has been refined. It means that either the olives haven't quite been fresh, so it's had to be refined in some way to make it fit for human consumption. So it may have had to be filtered, it may have had to be dealt with pressure, with heat or with other means of making it suitable to be consumed as an oil. And unfortunately what that does is it makes it safe for consumption. We've still got those mono fats, but we'd get very few. The levels 
of those bioactive compounds and the polyphenols present are much, much, much lower. And so we're not getting the full benefit. And for Australians here, it's really easy to get good quality extra virgin olive oil because we have a great industry. And almost all of the olive oil that we produce in this country is extra virgin. So if you buy Australian extra virgin olive oil, then you don't need to worry. Just look for Australian on the bottle, look for extra virgin olive oil, and you can be assured that you're getting all of those health benefits. And how do, maybe an obvious question then, Joanna, how do you use extra virgin olive oil in your cooking? Well, let's do it as the Mediterranean people have done for thousands of years. You know, one of the biggest myths that I have been working for years to bust is the myth that you cannot cook with extra virgin olive oil. So this myth started and just perpetuates and we can't seem to get rid of it. But actually, we've now got the studies to very clearly show us that the Mediterranean region have been cooking with extra virgin olive oil literally for thousands of years. Refined oils like like, you know, rice bran oil and canola oil and all these, these are modern oils that were only created in the last century. So these are new to the human diet. So it just seems ridiculous to me to suggest that these are oils we should be cooking with instead of traditional extra virgin. And the research very clearly backs that up. In fact, the research that we've seen from Australian research in the last year has shown that, in fact, out of nine supermarket oils that were tested in terms of heating them to a high temperature and over time, showed that extra virgin olive oil was, in fact, the safest oil to cook with. So not only can we cook with it, we absolutely should. Whereas most of those other oils, including rice bran oil, grapeseed oil, sunflower oil, they all, and canola, all performed very badly and, and actually quite worryingly badly in terms of these are, are common oils that are used in our food systems. So do as the Mediterranean do. And the other really interesting research to me is that cooking your vegetables in extra virgin olive oil actually improves the overall nutritional profile. So we get this sort of double whammy effect of we've got the antioxidants and other phytochemicals that are present in the the vegetables. We've got those present in the olive oil. We get a double whammy of being able to absorb more of the ones in the vegetables if you have it with extra virgin olive oil. And some new ones are actually even created because there's, of course, an intermingling of those different phytochemicals. So we get this double whammy effect. And the last thing is, it's when we look at people who follow a Mediterranean diet, because extra virgin olive oil makes it taste better, you eat more vegetables. So they eat more plant food overall because they make it taste good. So lo and behold, we've got something that tastes great, but also improves the nutrition. So it's a bit of a win-win. Now, there seems to be debate or confusion on how to measure the Mediterranean diet. Can you explain some of the Mediterranean diet tools in research and how they vary? Yeah, and look, that's important because it might well explain some of the sort of different findings that you get in research. So diet, as you can imagine, you know, how are we going to assess diet and how do I know whether you follow a Mediterranean diet or not? So there's a number of different kind of adherence scores that have been developed. So it might tick the box if you consume X amounts of vegetables, if you use extra virgin olive oil as your principal fat for cooking and salad dressings if you use particular other products. So that would be a sort of adherence guide. And there's a number of those. And there has been some evaluation and some have been found to be better than others. And so I think that's certainly that something for researchers like me who are involved in some of this stuff, we have to be very clear on, let's make sure that we're all measuring in the same way and make sure that we're measuring in as an effective way as possible. And then, of course, we also want to know about, you know, there's the traditional Mediterranean diet of that region. But, you know, here in Australia, we may not have all of 
of the particular foods or we may have some slight differences. We've, of course, got many different cultures living here. So it's also about being able to take the Mediterranean diet and make it applicable for a number of different cultures. And what's nice is that we can actually do that. So if we take the principles that we know to be really good, you know, you could be of Asian background and do very traditional Asian cooking, but suddenly you're using extra virgin olive oil. You've got lots of plant food. You've reduced your meat and you're having more seafood. Then you're following the principles of a Mediterranean diet, even though you're applying it into an Asian style of eating. And how does the Mediterranean diet stack up against other diets? It stacks up really well. And in fact, it usually comes out shining, particularly against things like low fat, low carb, other sort of dietary patterns. It stacks out better. So in terms of reducing type 2 diabetes, for example, it it comes out shining. One of the big main studies was the PREDIMED study over in Europe, which looked at a Mediterranean diet with added extra virgin olive oil or added nuts and showed really good risk reductions in several areas of those kind of chronic diseases that we're talking about. So there's also been direct studies looking at how it stacks up compared to all sorts of different diets. So it doesn't, there are others, you know, a traditional Japanese diet also comes out shining. We've got the DASH diet, which is uh, the dietary approach to stop hypertension. That's a diet that was developed in the States and is used quite successfully there. And then we've got diets like the MIND diet, which actually tried to pull together the Mediterranean diet and the DASH diet together to give us the kind of diet that might be best for brain health long term. So you look at stacks, it's right up there with the best of the best and it's not the only way to eat, but it certainly comes out as a shining example. And it's one that I think, or certainly I find, that sits pretty well with Australians. We do have most of those foods available to us. We certainly have the ability to include extra virgin olive oil as our principal fat. And so that's really key. Well, finally, Western countries like Australia and New Zealand are increasingly quite multicultural. Mm. How do Mediterranean diet principles apply today with the diverse communities that we have? Yeah, that's what I think is really nice about this. We can apply the Mediterranean diet. So let me give you an example. I worked with for one of the television shows I was involved with. I had a family where he had clinical depression and we wanted to use a Mediterranean diet to see whether we could change his microbiome and whether we could improve his symptoms of depression. And his wife was Indian. And so they ate quite a lot of Indian food in the home. So I worked with that family and we very successfully said, well, actually, you know, a lot of what went on with her, she cooked mainly sort of vegetarian, very plant-rich, lots of legumes in her Indian cooking. And I said, you know what, this can fit really well with the Mediterranean diet. All we need to do is swap your ghee for extra virgin olive oil. Then suddenly we're bringing in those principles of the Mediterranean diet. So they ended up with a sort of Indo-Indian Mediterranean sort of a diet that actually was fabulous. And he got really great results from that. So that's a really good example. I think if you change the type of fat, you use the principles of lots of vegetables, a little bit of seafood, wine only with meals. You don't have to have wine of course you can choose not to drink but you know that sort of Mediterranean style of including nuts and seafoods it's essentially a whole food diet and that can be applied to any culture you know when you look traditionally at most diets around the world in fact it comes back to whole foods because that's all that used to be available and provided you have that as your principle then you've got a, a healthy diet moving forward. Can you even apply Mediterranean principles to the Scottish diet? 
Well, again, it comes down to that oil. I mean, I think for even the Scottish traditional diet can be quite healthy. You know, we have oats and barley. We have lots of salmon. We have mussels and oysters and and lots of seafood, particularly on the West Coast and the north of Scotland. So even Scotland can have a healthy diet. And potatoes, you know, if you try and tell my mum she has to have a diet without potatoes, it's, you know, that's not a real way to eat. But the way that we ate potatoes when I was growing up was we dug them up out of the garden. We scrubbed them. We ate them with the skins on. We didn't get rid of the skin and put them into tiny little fries and then fry them in a refined seed oil, you know. So the problem with a lot of modern foods is what we do with them. So it's if I was going to apply a Mediterranean diet to Scotland, then yes, I may have to introduce some veggies. You know, we didn't have a lot of leafy greens. And certainly my mum tells me as a kid, she didn't even know. She hadn't heard of broccoli. She didn't know what that was because that wasn't a vegetable that grows in Scotland. So, you know, even to a Scottish diet, you can say, okay, we'll change the oil. So we bring in extra virgin olive oil. We bring in a, a whole load more veggies. And we've already got the fish, the seafood. We've got the whole grains. So it's it's a matter of tweaking the way that you currently eat to be more in line with this particular pattern. Joanna McMillan. And that ends episode one of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Till next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening. <laughs>